Welcome to Bloody Bay, an eclectic full-contact theater audio drama series written by Mimi Monteith and Anne-Marie Shea. Please like, follow, subscribe, or drop a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Successful mystery author Florence Gardner is facing both a potentially ruinous divorce from husband and former actor Lee Millville and slumping sales. Desperate for inspiration, she heads to Bloody Bay, the small Maine town whose record of murders makes New York look like Branson. But it seems the town's main export has dried up, so Florence devises a plan that'll really knock them dead. And now, Bloody Bay. Well, good morning, lover. Good morning, indeed. God, last night, Florence, did we really? Indeed we did, my Dennis darling. (laughs) You were divine. I can't believe it. I just buried my wife the day before. This seems awfully quick. Do you think we should slow it down a bit, Florence? Oh, no, you don't. I've been waiting all my life for someone like you. Now that I've found you, I'm going to hold on to you so you will never get away. (laughs) Okay, okay, I believe you. Only not so tight, huh? Seriously, you have to admit, I've barely given myself enough time to mourn poor Barry. Yes, poor, poor Barry. Whatever made her jump out the window like that? I had just entered the room. I was concentrating on the flowers I was holding. I didn't catch what was happening. What were you two talking about before I came in? She seemed to be yelling. I I couldn't make out all the words. All I heard was, it was you. It was you. Um, uh, yes, it was you. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Thinking about this, talking about this with another woman lying in my bed. It was you, was her... Of course, it made no sense, you know, from a grammatical point of view. But it was her, you know, special cry when she was, you know... Climaxing? Yes, that's it. So when I found a reason to get you out of the room a few moments before... I thought sending me downstairs to fetch a vase was a bit strained. (laughs) Just a ploy to be alone with my beautiful Barry. Her coma had kept us apart for months. Months. So, as soon as we found ourselves alone, well, what can I say? Off to the races. But why up there? Why then? You had spent half the day alone with her in this very bedroom before I visited. Really, Florence? For a woman who had just... Well, you know. Who's to say we weren't at it before you arrived? I suppose. Hmm, Doesn't jibe with what Barry had confided to me. But we are wasting time. We should be celebrating the launch of our new relationship. How about an eye-opener? I'll dash down to the kitchen and grab some tomato juice and some Worcestershire sauce. Drop in the little vodka and whip us up some Bloody Marys. 
Dennis, you forget. I'm English. We never drink before five. Well, you know the saying. It must be five somewhere in the world. Don't move. No, seriously. I I must dress and get back to the B&B. Beverly will know I've been out all night, and all I need is the judgmental fish eye of my landlady to start local tongues wagging. <laughs> and I've got to find a notebook ASAP to write down a few things before I forget. Fine. You realize you're leaving a morning man to drink his Bloody Mary all alone? Oh, darling, don't go all mushy about your grief. You know, I still have calls to make and notes to record. So difficult trying to manage a career across time zones, but it was such fun. I do hope we'll do this again soon. Florence, what happened last night? You are the most fascinating woman I've... Dennis, please, no more compliments. You'll have me falling in love with you in no time. Now I really must rush. Ta-ta! Free at last. God, what a night. That's what he thinks is a sexual fling. <laughs> I can see why poor Barry wanted to throw herself out a window. But I've got to keep him within my grasp. He's useful. I don't believe for a moment that Barry was screaming in ecstasy. <laughs> in the brief time I knew her, she had already shared what had happened in the bedroom was marital duty. No, not a screamer. Not even a moaner, she. A spring day is so beautiful here in Bloody Bay. Maybe because of what one must endure to get to it. Darkness, dampness, boredom, salted fish. Living in a B&B, whose hostess thinks tea can be brewed from paper mini-bags. <laughs> oh, I'm in luck. Beverly is serving breakfast on the terrace. I can just sneak in among the other guests without having to use the front door. Bloody chimes, like sneaking into a boarding school after hours. Hmm, did all these people book in just to be part of another Bloody Bay funeral? <laughs> Good for business. Beverly deserves a break. Ah, oh, Beverly. Breakfast buffet seems a bit more crowded these days. Business must be booming. It's that Spencer funeral. Nothing like an attractive young woman falling to her death to give a boost to tourism in Bloody Bay. <laughs> so it's farewell winter of our discontent and ah, to be in Bloody Bay now that April's Don't here. Don't try to fool me with all your literary references. Whole town knows what you've been up to. Something wrong with taking a little walk before breakfast? Such a divine morning. <laughs> I may be provincial, but I'm not stupid. I never said you were provincial. I'm just wondering why you would choose to do your constitutional wearing the same cocktail dress and stiletto pumps you wore to go out to dinner last evening. Old English custom. I wouldn't expect you to understand. After a funeral, we dress to the nines for sometimes a whole week. Speaking of things English that make no sense to me, he's here. Checked in last evening asking for you. Who he? Really, Beverly, you're making no sense. Who else? That useless husband of yours. Lee, Lee Melville. He claims to be so broke. How did he pay for this trip? 
probably the same way he's paying for his room here. He's sporting a collection of credit cards, all with your name on them. I had no choice. I had to give him a key to your suite. Oh, that weasel, that rat fink, that son of a whore's laundry lady. I'm going to get on the phone right now and cancel every last account. If I ever said you were stupid, Beverly, and I never did, I'd have to take it back now. At least you never allowed a jiggler to grab your assets. Pardon? Don't you start doubling my entendres. You know what I mean. He's bleeding me dry. Speak of the devil. Here he comes now. Remember, this is a public space here. I don't want the shootout at the OK Corral played out in my terrace while the guests are enjoying their breakfast. Florence, darling, my dear, dear wife. Lee? Oh, I thought I'd find you here. It's the breakfast buffet. Where else would I be at this hour? Uh, no, I mean Bloody Bay. I've noticed you haven't spewed forth another of your blockbuster mysteries lately. I assumed you'd be back here seeking inspiration amongst the rocks and lobster traps, digging in the sand for clammy clues, listening to the whispers in the westerly wind. Leave the metaphors to me, sweetie. You just don't have the talent. Not exactly what you've been telling the universe for the past 15 years or so. How did you put it? My husband is my muse, my partner in... The last time I'll ever take it on myself to save someone else's face. I was just trying to make you feel good to get your mind off dwelling on your wrecked career. And what a magnificent job you did of it. Why, there's not a celebrity stalker in the Western world who isn't convinced that I was the juggernaut driving that meteoric career of yours. Uh, well, meteoric until it wasn't. Flame has gone out of the old midnight candle, hmm? Back up, old thing. I'm sure there must be a few creative sparks still glowing in that menopausal oven of your imagination. Your attempts at joking about my age are getting a bit tired. Uh, but I am not tired. Frisky as a new pup. But of course, at your advanced age... Can we just drop your obsession about my age? Or to ignore something of such... What's the word? Wait. Twenty great big years between me and thee. And speaking of wait... I wasn't aware that we were. <laughs> I have to admit you look absolutely fabulous. Trim as ever. I can still fit into a size six, given the opportunity. And given the dregs from Barry's state-of-the-style wardrobe, I now have plenty of opportunity. Look, my dearest, I don't know what cockamamie scheme you're up to, what with demanding alimony and all. Not my idea, I swear. I have found the most vicious, merciless gang of solicitors since the Court of Solomon, which is what brought me here, actually. Did you not receive their papers? I gave them this address, but it's been ages and still no reply. The letter was already months old when I received it. I had been travelling. Looking for inspiration. Where did you go? China? Too big. India? Too smoky, all those funeral pyres. The Riviera? Too many tourists. So crowded, no one goes there anymore. 
But you have read my solicitor's letter. You understand my case? I understand that I've been a fool to give you a free ride on my coattails. <laughs> Eureka! That may just be the plot of my new novel. Pardon me while I record a few notes in my phone. My good old-fashioned notebook is in my room. Let's see, are we rolling? <clears throat> Middle-aged couple, well past the point when they should have made their breakup legal. One of them murders the other. Hmm. The wife murders the husband, or he murders her? No, I like it the other way around. If that was a threat, my dear, it has fallen on deaf ears. Hate to break the news to you this way. I know. I have no idea to what you are referring. No what? <laughs> the driving element of murder trips up your latest, uh, let us hope not your last, bestseller. What was it, two whole years ago? Right around the time that that brute of a short-order cook, Pembroke Marshfield, was suspected of pushing his abused wife down a flight of stairs. He claimed it was an accident, even had the worn carpet to show for it, maintained he was at the barber shop at the time of her death, but everybody in Bloody Bay knew intuitively that he was capable of such violence, but no evidence. Until, that is... We are in a public space. Anyone could overhear. Until, as I was saying, some of his DNA was suddenly discovered on the corpse, suddenly appearing there only after she... It had been in the police morgue for two days. Evidence is evidence. Timing is overrated. <laughs> you were so thorough. Checked out Pembroke Marshfield's alibi on your own initiative. Had a little chat with the barber who was so cooperative. Even showed you the dustbin that still had Pembroke's hair in it. Watch it, mister. You are stepping into very sensitive territory. And within hours, the coroner just happened to find under the victim's fingernails... This is tasteless. ...hair that matched Pembroke's DNA. Of course, the mindless coroner, typical of the bovine mentality of law enforcement in this town, had been flattered by a visit just a few hours before this discovery by the famous mystery writer, even left this celebrity sleuth alone with the body for a while. Alone with the body? How did you know that? I never told anyone. I mean, if you'd bothered to read the book, you'd see that's not the way things happened at all. Of course. In your literary license, you omitted the bit about the criminal activity. That's how they categorize evidence tampering. The whole town was happy to see that Marshfield get what was coming to him. That animal was sent away for life. A win-win for you, my dear. You had the satisfaction of contributing to the welfare of society, as well as the material for a very profitable publication. I am proud of Murder Trips Up. Actually, I think it's one of my better efforts. So proud of it, you couldn't stop talking about it to Franklin Jefferson. Who in the hell is Franklin Jefferson? Oh, my God, you don't remember his name. You must have let that third martini cook your brain. Again. By now you should know two are your limits. Martini? How did martinis get into this conversation? Only that by the time you licked the third olive, you had your usual memory race. And who the hell is Franklin Jefferson, anyway? Okay, you were warned. I will not have you two practicing your dysfunctionality on my terrace in the middle of breakfast. Out! 
Get back to your suite. I don't want to hear the sounds of your voices for the rest of the day. Sorry, Beverly, but he started it. Typical always blaming others. I said out! Back to your rooms. Sometimes I feel like I'm running a daycare for badly behaved tots. No, I don't know what to do about this. You are making a mess. The only thing they've made a mockery of is that outfit they're wearing. How dare you come here? (sighs) (sighs) Quiet at last. Yippee-ki-yo, yippee-ki-yay! No, no, he's here. Oh, I am not ready to take this on. Who never will be. Have to just focus on the Sherlock Holmes suite being reserved for the entire summer through leaf peeping season. Oh, real cash cow in season premium rates for good six months. Grin and Barrett. Where is she? Where's my little earth mother, my Julia child, my Susie Orman? Where is she? Oh, here she comes running at the sound of her sweet lover's voice. (laughs) Why, Mr. Holden, we didn't expect you so early in the day. Have you, sweetheart, have you? No reason to delay. What, me? Have you? Ceiling and visibility unlimited. The blue skies overhead told me I had to waste no time. Just got in the Gulf Stream, sweetest private jet ever came off the production line, and point that little nose north in a twist to the east. Flew here as soon as I made up my mind. Luckily, I was keeping extra Mercedes on board, so as soon as I touched down in New Hampshire, I was able to hit the road and drive straight here, wasting no time. That's me. Impulsive. When I want something, I leave no stone unturned. And oh, my little prairie flower, I want you. I want you, you, you. (laughs) Mr. Holden, please. When I last saw you, you were on a honeymoon with a very young wife. I can't help pointing out she could have been my and your daughter indeed granddaughter, whereas I... I have learned my lesson. Those young fillies are no proper partner to a well-seasoned tycoon like me. I told you she seduced my star tight end. I choose not to go into that. Well, I will never bring up that incident again. Mr. Holden, I'm afraid you caught me at an awkward moment. One of the busiest times of the day. (laughs) It isn't as if I can afford a staff. I have all these tables to bust. Uh, Could you please carry this tray into the scullery for me? And and then I I have dishes to wash, uh, beds to be made. Of course. My pleasure. I do admire your Yankee sense of industry. Something I might say my previous wife lacked altogether. That Tiffany was just lazier than a drunken snake in the sun. She scarcely bothered to move without you gave her a pom-poms to shake. But honey, there's no need to take on such maintenance burdens alone. If you still want to run your B&B after we get married, I can just 
go out and hire staff. Oh, no, I, I don't even know you. Ah, but I know you, sweetheart. When I was here last winter, I was gobsmacked observing not only how hard you work to run this here business of yours, but more, I couldn't help appreciating the grace with which you handled the just plain bad manners of that child bride. All her complaints about the coffee, the lack of pool, the lousy TV reception. To be honest, I did have to draw on my last reserves of patience. And I'll show you, I can be patient too. Why else would I book myself in here for the entire season just so as we can get to know each other a tad better before we tie the knot and I bring you home to my sweet little ranch? Mr. Holden. Tex, please. <laughs> Tex, I don't see me living on a ranch. All those cows or stairs or... Broncos. <laughs> I'd live in fear of a stampede or hoof and mouth disease. No, you may see a cow here to steer there, but they're more like scenic interest to the way you'd keep a cocker spaniel or a parakeet. It's just nice to have around. Never think of eating one. Sure, we still call a spread the ranch. But beef business ain't been calling the shots for over a generation. Not since my granddaddy discovered oil. Oh. Did you say um, oil? <laughs> well, I think we can leave these dishes here in the sink for a while. How about a late morning walk on the beach? Oh, hell and damn it all. I think I'm going to win y'all over after all. Yippee-ki-yo, yippee-ki-yay. And another thing, you excuse of a schemer. Yippee-ki-yo, what the hell is that? Is Beverly organizing a theme week? Switzerland, my guess. Did I just hear a yodel? I'm afraid so. Oh dear, if Beverly's friend Tex is moving in, I'll never get any writing done. Impossible to concentrate. That steel trap you call your brain will come through for us. And if I don't, if this next book is not a blockbuster, you may be at a loss for supporting yourself for the rest of your life. Unless there's suddenly a casting call for over-the-hill Lotharios. Ooh, sticks and stones, Florence. With what I have on you, I'll be living off blackmail for a very long time. And then there's alimony, community property... Blackmail, <laughs> which won't amount to a tinker's dam if I am not bringing in some money, and lots of it. A me paycheck, Sue paycheck, sweetheart. I have great faith that even though at the present moment you are at a loss for inspiration, as quickly as a muse can fart, you will be tap-tap-tapping away at your keyboard faster than the letters can appear on the screen. For some people it's alcohol or drugs, others get a thrill betting the ponies. You are addicted to cunning plots and sharp dialogue. Do people like you have group meetings? You know, like, hi, my name is Florence and I am addicted to murder. 
Very clever indeed. Very clever. Bravo, Mr. Stand-Up Comic. But unfortunately, your lightning-sharp chatter is just that. Like the lightning, it's gone before having shed any real light on the matter. You should be grateful there is no cure for my addiction, as you call it. It's the only thing between you and a life in the gutter. Threats are unbecoming of you. Not a threat. Simple logic. You want my money? I don't have it. If I don't get inspired, I'll never make any money, which means that you'll never get any of the money that I don't have. Oh, you'll get an idea. You always have before. A couple of months of manic typing and voila, another bestseller. Sure, I'll be chomping at the bit once I find the idea behind the story, but inspiration doesn't grow on trees. Spontaneity requires grinding, disciplined work, which, by the way, I have just been doing. What do you mean, pet? Grinding. Never mind. Look, you've got to work with me on this for both our sakes. We both want money. We both want a divorce. Just Keep a low profile and let me do my thing. Which is? If you ever tell anyone I told you this, you'll get to know murder intimately, in the worst way. Mm, I love it when you visit the dark side. Listen, dammit. Just your presence in town is going to complicate everything. I happen to have the very wealthy, and I suspect rather guilty, Dr. Dennis Spencer right where I need him. Ho, ho, Florence. You haven't been sleeping with the sauce again, have you? So that's why you never slept in your own bed last night. Why don't you try that again with more volume? I think there may be a few people on the other end of the passageway who didn't hear you. <laughs> Sorry, but sometimes I get carried away when I realize the deviousness. Shh, you don't seem to mind cashing the checks that deviousness brings in. True, true. But tell me more about the... Uh, what is he? An orthodontist? Endodontist. Orthodontists make money from the crooked teeth of very young people. Endodontists make fortunes on the rotting teeth of very old people. Florence, and you seduced such a man. Just think of where his hands have been. His Oof. hands were the last thing on my mind. Anyway, I think I have an inkling of what really happened when his wife went out the window. Both times. But nothing concrete. I've got to earn his trust so he will relax and open up to me. And when that happens, pow! You'll start writing? Pity the poor fool who stands between me and my keyboard. But I have no guarantee that will ever happen. He's very crafty, very guarded. So you'll have to try some other suspect. You have never written a marketable sentence in your life, have you, you dot? Have you any idea the effort, even after you've done the basic outline of the book, the sheer work involved in knitting it all together, shaping each paragraph, meeting out each chapter in a readable unit, checking and rechecking the relationships, the timeframes, testing the logic of the motivations? Oh, yeah, a lot of those things you always credited me with. You haven't even been listening. Good God, I can't wait for this divorce to be settled just to get you out of my life once and for all. At moments like this, I don't even care about the money. Oh, Florence, darling, really? Uh, then let me get in touch with my solicitor. Put that phone away! 
Not that fast, mister. Figure of speech. I care about the money. I shall always care about money. You know that. If you two lovebirds could keep it down, I could hear your voices halfway down the beach. Some of the other guests are beginning to complain. Sorry, Beverly. Just the sight of my dear husband makes me so excited. Hmm. Sure it does. Well, I've got me some housekeeping to tend to. Keep it civilized. What in the world was Beverly doing on the beach at this hour of the day? Must make a note. Uh, A real charmer, that landlady of yours. Uh, Did she not receive the memo that a host is expected to be hospitable? (laughs) If you're looking for a heartfelt aloha and floral lays, you've come to the wrong side of this nation. The wrong ocean, even. Hard to keep a sunny disposition when you live in a town where a good summer lasts an entire Tuesday. Rocky beaches, bone-chilling waters are not conducive to sunny dispositions. You, my dear, seem to have all the luck. Landing here on one of the few days we can enjoy breakfast on the terrace without developing frostbite. And speaking of dining on the terrace, there was that little thing we were discussing before being evicted. Oh, yes, you were trying to make a point about some bloke named... uh, what was it again? Ah, really, Florence. You should write these things down. The memory is the first thing to go, they say. Or is it the second? How can I write down a name I have never heard? If you've never heard the name before, it simply means you should listen more closely when being introduced, or read more tabloid publications. Hmm. Franklin Jefferson. He's a journalist, if you could call him a journalist. Just starting out. Writer for the Mirror. Or is it the Sun? I seldom mingle with writers of that stature. I should have said, uh, used to write for, whichever one it is. Uh, Was. Moved on. In a way. Fired. Axed. (laughs) Thrown. Or pushed. Or jumped. Always so much confusion in these cases, no? In London, in front of a double-decker bus. Oh, how dreadful. You're showing a lot of compassion for a lad whose name you don't even recall. Not dreadful for him. For me. I might have found something to write about. Useful deaths don't grow on trees. How many times have I told you? Why are you so interested in this Franklin Jefferson person? More of a matter of him being interested in me. Really? He sought me out. Actually, it was you he wanted to talk to, but no one knew how to get in touch with you. You and your global safari. And... Maybe he was not the greatest writer, but a diligent reader. Said he discovered an inconsistency in murder trips up. In fact, he said he had already discussed it with you over drinks. And when was this supposed to have happened? Obviously before you went away. Impossible to reach you. I'd have to consult my daily calendar. His name again. Uh, Come on, Florence. You remember him. You can't fool me. Give me a minute. I'm looking him up. Jefferson, Jefferson, oh dear, ginger hair, with a beard, Prince Harry wannabe, (laughs) I seem to recall, 
Yes, you're right. Martinis were involved. Several. And then, did you know that redheads are like that all over? He bragged that a boozy interview led to an afternoon quickie. He said that. What he said wasn't as important as what you said. Pardon? You blabbed about going to the barber shop in Bloody Bay and collecting the hair clippings of one Pembroke Marshfield. So, he was probably just scaring you with a wild fiction. I have no memory of telling him any such thing. I can always deny it, his word against mine. More like his recording against your word. His recording? When was the last time you sat down for an interview and the journalist didn't record? But that's an interview. You mean he recorded while... Pillow talk. Oh. Indeed. The third martini did the trick. You should know by now what happens when you have too much gin. Articulation typically deserts you at the same point as memory. Lots, lots of problems with clarity and all that, but enough to stand up in court, I believe. I'm ruined. But didn't you say he died? Where there's death, there's hope. Except that the phone went missing. Apparently, someone at the scene of the accident nicked it. The phone missing? I don't know if that's good or bad news. Beyond one's control. Not that I want you to lose sleep over it, but just imagine the power the holder of that phone would have over your future and fortune. If the holder of said phone ever wanted to blackmail you, let's say. No, not blackmail. Not when I'm at the bottom of my financial resources. Let's review your options here in Bloody Bay. Well... I seem to have progressed a tad in gaining Dennis Spencer's confidence. If I could just piece the bits together about how his wife died, I'd have a fair shot at my next bestseller, and then both you and I would have the money we need, although he's a long way from confessing anything to me. Without more information from Dennis, bye-bye to new fortunes. Even without a confession, I still know how to get my hands on quite a bit of money— Although I find this device a last resort. I'm intrigued. Your plan? Simple. Marry him and claim joint assets, community property, whatever they call it. Oh, brilliant. You haven't even received a proposal and already you're sorting out the terms of divorce. Divorce is so tiresome. I simply plan on outliving him, shall we say. Florence, you minx. You are not actually planning to. I've been writing about it all my life. High time I got into the action myself. You mean... Murder. Oh my god. Uh, the time. <laughs> Today is Saturday. I hope the post office doesn't close early. I am awaiting a very important delivery. I wouldn't worry. Magnolia is so star-smitten she would reopen for a famous former star like you. And what is so important about this delivery that it would tear you away from this intriguing tete-a-tete? -tete? In due time, my dear. You'll find out when you need to. Must run. Shall I see you for dinner? I think not. Unless we can continue this Donnybrook in front of more witnesses. Don't want to tarnish the image of the dueling divorcing couple... 
especially in front of Dennis. Fortunately, a public image we have little trouble maintaining. I'm off. Why, talk about a sight for sore eyes. If it isn't the charming star of screen and, well, of screen. Hello, Mr. Millville. <laughs> Lee, please. Lee, you got here in the nick of time. We usually close the P.O. at noon on Saturday. Of course, for someone like you, I'd gladly bend the rules a bit. Ooh, I won't tell. Any deliveries forwarded here for me? Just these letters look more like bills to me. Oh, tut, how tiresome. Just because one runs up a bar tab, these publicans expect one to pay. And tailors, I'm doing them a favor just by being seen in their togs. I guess it's different when you're a star. <gasps> oh, look! I got so distracted just being in your presence, I nearly overlooked this little package. Forwarded from what appears to be your London address. Just like the letters. Hmm. Cigarette package? No, too small. Medication. Deck of cards? <gasps> oh, I got it. It's a cell phone. Uh, no, it's special. <laughs> a surprise. Ooh, I love surprises. For who? For a... Uh... Very special lady. Florence? But everyone around town is saying how you all are fighting all the time and are on the brink of divorce. Uh, correct, on both counts, my little Georgia Peach. But just because we are in litigation does not mean we can still surprise each other now and then. And do I have a surprise for Florence? <laughs> uh, I say... Since I am sharing quarters temporarily with my soon-to-be ex-wife, could I ask you the tiniest favor? Anything for you, Mr. Mit-Lee. Florence has been known on occasion to search through my things looking for... Well, <laughs> looking for things. I wouldn't for the world want her to come upon this uh, surprise before the time is ripe. Would it be possible for you to keep it secure for me here in your postal office? Wouldn't you know it? You go and ask me for the one thing I absolutely cannot do. My district supervisor has made it very clear that once the mail is handed to the customer, which I just did, the responsibility for its safety is literally in the customer's hand. While there was a case a couple years back... Which I am sure is a fascinating tale, but I cannot waste time. I agreed to meet Florence for dinner, and I don't want to be late. But in the middle of the day? Isn't it early for dinner? Early here? But my metabolism is still on Greenwich meantime. And Florence is for once being considerate enough to respect my digestive needs. Well... That story I was about to tell you was before my time, actually, so I can't speak for its authenticity. And I am the last one in the world who would spread rumors, especially hey, hey, given... I've got it. Uh, you can't keep the package here. 
You got that. But you could receive it from me as a new postal item, no? Sure. Where do you want to mail it to? Right back to my London address. But since you're having all your mail forwarded, won't the folks there just ship it back to here? Mm, exactly. And people complain about things getting lost in the mail. You won't get your hands on this again for God knows how long. No need. I'm in no rush at the moment. Brilliant. Worthy of Edgar Allan Poe. No one can touch this phone until the hour I decide to reveal it. And let's have a nice new padded envelope for it, too. Uh, just put the whole thing on this credit card. But this card says Florence Gardner. Don't you have your own? Oh, such a bother. Every time I whip out in public something that bears my name. Fans coming out of the woodwork calling my name, demanding autographs, oh, that sort of thing. So, as a matter of privacy, I always use her name. Not as well known as mine, actually. I would think that... When you think of the numbers of people who actually read... A fraction as compared to the folks who watch movies. And not just in theaters. Why, ever since we got Netflix... Uh, yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> uh, not only looks and charm. Why, Lee... I do believe you are flirting with me. And brains, too. Irresistible. Now, we are sailing in dangerous waters here, Lee. After all, we are both married to other people. I'll soon be free. To be honest, there are days when I do not altogether enjoy being wife to the slowest law enforcement office in the East. I'm beginning to see new possibilities in my personal life. Do you like Southern cooking? Hold that thought. I must put a bookmark on this new chapter in my love life. Uh, we can resume this courtship another time. But right now, I am going to have dinner with my wife. Uh, and uh, don't forget to get that package posted to my London address. See you later, my dear. He called me, my dear. <gasps> Lee Millville called me, my dear. Thank you for listening to Bloody Bay, written by Mimi Monteith and Anne-Marie Shea, directed by Callie Wills, and starring the voice talents of Jean-Marie Kuhn, Luis Bermudez, Forrest Manico, Ailey Lassane, Christopher Kay, Robert Kuhn, Jessica Lauren Fisher, and Rochelle Prue. Sound design by Daniel Houle. We'd like to thank everyone who supported Bloody Bay on Kickstarter, including Tyler Gilbert, Jay Zander Kittenoa, Jesse Casanova, Kat McKay, Donaldson Cardenas, Joey Johnson, and Ella Watts. Your support through this lockdown has made it possible to bring these stories to life. If you want to support Bloody Bay directly, you can do so at redcircle.com slash shows slash bloody dash bay. Experience Bloody Bay like a local by signing up 
at Patreon at patreon.com slash EFCT, where your monthly pledge gets you exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content and merchandise. Are you scared of commitment? We understand. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash EFCT, where you can make a one-time donation, no strings attached. Your donations and support help EFCT continue to highlight the work of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus artists. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.